0: Can I <laughs> This being the second time in as many weeks that I'd woken up on the floor of the sauna here at work, I had to wonder. What the hell? Two middle-aged guys wearing only towels around their waists were standing over me, and if I wasn't immediately embarrassed, I might have noticed the genuine concern in their faces. As it was, I felt a burning sensation beneath me and realized I had been lying in the solution of bleach, dishwashing soap, and hot water with which I'd been disinfecting the place. "'Shit!' I yelled, as the startled man jumped out of my way, backing out of the narrow doorway. I ran past them and into the storage closet where the wash basin is. I locked the door behind me and stripped. I dunked my head under the faucet, hoping I got to the bleach before the back of my head turned platinum. "'How long does it take?' I wondered. "'How much bleach is enough?' "'How long was I out?' I bathed myself quickly, making a huge, splashing mess in the little room, but caring more about my skin. My clothes, I knew, were likely ruined. The discoloration would soon be very apparent in my jeans, t-shirt, underwear. The adrenaline wearing off, I started to feel the lightheadedness that caused the fall, and my hip and head were aching. A key was being inserted in the door behind me. I grabbed a handful of towels and covered myself. I managed to block the door with my foot, but it was Chris. He squeezed his head in and saw the unlikely sight of me in a towel. His eyes were wide, and behind him were more concerned faces of hotel clients. They told me you fell. Are you okay? Acutely embarrassed, but fine. I looked past him and tried to laugh it off to the men in towels. Nothing to see here, folks. As you were. Chris eased himself into the closet with me, making sure to afford as little a view of me as possible to our guests, and dispersed them before closing the door with a curt, C'est beau, merci. He looked at the wet clothes at my feet. We can get you something from the lost and found while I wash and dry these for you. Thank you. So what happened? I think I've figured out why my high tops have been lasting all of three months before the soles start to come apart and the knowledge of this overwhelmed you. No, you idiot. The, the bleach fumes. This job is deadly. I always said so. I meant it figuratively, but now I'm not so sure. Chris nodded, picked up my clothes, and opened the door. When he saw I wasn't following, dressed only in a towel, he closed it again. Right. He looked me up and down. You wouldn't make it past the stairs. Thanks, buddy. High praise coming from a degenerate. Well, you're the one in the towel. Screw you. He kissed the air between us and got out the doorway just as I slammed it behind him. An hour later, I sat on the dryer in the laundry room as we waited for my clothes to dry. Chris gave a client a fresh towel and then he turned to me. What was Stefan upset about this morning? I laughed. When I arrived at quarter to eight, Stefan had been waiting outside in his T-shirt, peering into one of the lobby's front windows. I waved, but he didn't respond. He was clearly out of sorts. "'I feel ashamed,' he told me. He had been there for fifteen minutes since he let the door close behind him when he came out for the daily papers. "'I suggested we try the windows on the ground floor, or scale the high fence in the back alley. Screw the barbed wire.' No, I tried all of this. This place is a damn bunker. We could get as far into the building as the glass cage in the lobby. We needed someone to buzz us in. It was an excruciating wait. Stefan was beyond small talk. Here was one of the smartest, proudest men on staff, already enduring the depredations and crazies of the night shift, and now he was caught in an act of common carelessness minutes before his shift was over frankly I didn't care to bring it up. At last we heard a faint knocking. On the other side of the lobby door to the snack bar we saw a young black man wearing a towel on his head like a turban. He was knocking on the snack bar counter for service. Stefan rang the doorbell until he looked in our direction and saw us waving like idiots. He recognized Stefan and came out to open the door for us. Even wearing two towels, the lobby should still have been off-limits to our guest, but neither Stefan nor I were willing to admonish. "'A damn bunker,' muttered Stefan. Except for fainting at 8.30 in the morning, it was still a normal day. No, scratch that. Even so. The first thing I do on weekend mornings, after making a quick round to assess the night's damages, is clean the sauna and the showers and the locker-room floor. In fact, it's the best time to do this of any of my shifts. Unless there's an abundance of four-hour rooms to be cleaned, I know the halls will be fairly quiet, the lull between the late-night partiers and early birds in effect. If there's even one straggler in the sauna, though, I'll put the cleaning off, finding other work to do. It takes maybe half an hour to clean both the sauna and the showers. I'm thinking it should have occurred to me sooner that I was doing myself no favors by pouring a cup of bleach into a bucket, mixing it with lemon dishwashing detergent and scalding hot water, and then getting into the enclosed and still-hot space of the sauna, scrubbing down the walls and benches and floor with a cheap nylon broom. Any surface likely to have come in contact with a human being gets disinfected thusly, and in retrospect it's clear that the dizziness and difficulty breathing were related to that one act it's an epiphany, really. The last eight months or so, I was going through these damn cheap shoes like I never had before because the soles kept wearing through. Well, no kidding. I've been spending a few hours per week standing with a three millimeter layer of Chinese rubber coming between a deadly corrosive and the soles of my tootsies, and then wondering why they're not lasting like they used to. It should have occurred to me two weeks earlier as I leaned over the wooden rail of the sun deck, like a seasick cruiser, grateful for the clarity of sub-zero air, but stymied by my inability to gain a satisfactory deep breath. So this is drowning. I tried not to panic, hoping the chlorine fumes would release their grip on my lungs, and they did then, but not today. For lunch, I shared the homemade spaghetti Chris brought in. The sight of my craft dinner and tuna... Same bowl, unceasingly brings out the maternal in him. Franchement, did your mother never learn you to cook? I had another bite. Now, Chris, you know better than that. Well, let me tell you this right off. I love the guy. I spent the afternoon running around to keep up with the high turnover. A four hour room can take as little as two minutes to clean if it's just a matter of changing the sheet. One sheet. The giveaway you're not at the Ritz. The 24-hour rooms rented out to tourists, out-of-towners, big spenders, and those affronted by the spartan wash-basin only four-hour rooms are as comfortable and normal as in any other good hotel, but the four hours are designed for economy of cash, time, and probably emotional involvement. The beds are covered with just the one linen sheet, the spread folded in half and laid at the foot. The sink, often not even touched, might need a quick cleaning, and the ashtray and wastebasket, too. Otherwise, it's just a new sheet, grab the towels, if used, and get to the next room on the list. All the while, of course, I'm taking part in an ongoing pageant of mating ritual and general socialization that the average citizen is unaware even exists. Maybe I'm saying I'm a part of it is a bit strong. My goal every day and night that I'm here is the opposite, to have no part of it at all short of not even being here. Hey, I do need the work. Pretty much. Episode 4, Hazards of the Job Written and read by Scott Clarkson Music by Garner Firebird